If you found your place in God's Word, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, let's take a look at how to live through a bad day. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before us, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So several weeks ago, I was listening to a message by Pastor Jack Hayford, and it was in his opening remarks that what I'm going to share with you today, I was really inspired uh, to share. And he made this statement, he said, it's not just good days like Easter, but he said on bad days like Good Friday, which we call good, because of the salvation provided for us through what Jesus experienced. In every way possible and imaginable, the day that we focus on of Jesus' death was a horrible, horrible day in the life of any human being. And not only was it a horrible day from the standpoint of the cause or the way it was done, but Imagine it subjectively from Jesus' point and experience. It was a day of agony. It was a day of incredible, exhausting, literally agonizing suffering that led eventually to his death. If you want to talk about going through stress, anxiety, or a resignation to a destiny of immediate suffering, you'll never see a more focused situation then reading through the passages of Scripture of the last day of Jesus in his suffering on the cross. If you want to talk about a bad day and, and uh, apparent day of defeat and certainty, this, this is, uh, would qualify more than any other. It's a day of a, a person going through excruciating pain. That is as bad as it can get. It's a bad day from the perspective of all of the friends that surrounded him, that abandoned him and went away and, 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 and no longer wanted to associate with him and out of fear were in hiding. It's a day when best friends turn their back on you. In fact, all things that constitute human days, bad days, are in this story and are, are a part of what happens on this day to Jesus. And yet, as we watch him, he's constant through this day, and there are lessons we can learn about how to live through a bad day from watching Jesus. There are what are classically called the seven sayings on the cross that I want to focus in on that will give us some perspective on how Jesus handled this horrible, difficult day. Two of the sayings of Jesus involve exchanges between Jesus and other people who were on the scene. But these seven sayings from the cross uh, 
may well become a focus point of instruction for us. And so I invite you to hear me, to listen, please, as those who come to the cross as disciples. And to remember that Jesus instructed us about being disciples, that there are two treks of discipleship that are going on. There are two things that happen, two ways that we come to the cross. And the first is that we come as sinners in need of a Savior, an apprentice, if you will, one who comes to the cross in, in honesty and integrity about their life, opening themselves up, inviting Jesus, surrendering their lives, asking him to forgive them of their sins, and to be the leader and the Lord of their lives. And so first we have that, and we see Jesus in that instance as a disciple, as our deliverer. He's the one who conquered and delivered us from our sinful nature and, and took us out of the bondage of what happens when we are captivated by our own sin and, and caught up in a one-world view that we can't see anything else that's going on around us except us and living for ourselves. But there's another side of it. We also come as saints now that we have surrendered our lives. We come as those who've been made holy through the blood of Jesus Christ, as saints that are called to lordship, to serve him. And the cross becomes, in that instance, an instrument not only of deliverance, our salvation, but it summons us to discipleship and to live and to walk out what Jesus called us to do. So we see in the cross here both a price paid and a path laid for us. Jesus invited us to take up the cross and to follow after him. And so, yes, it is a price that was paid to forgive us of our sins, but it is also a path that is laid for us to move forward in obedience and lead others to him. You come now as one who takes up your cross to follow him and walk that pathway to Calvary. It said in our passage, looking unto Jesus, who is the joy set before him, endured the cross. I want you to look at Jesus living through the worst of days and see what he would teach us from his experience. How do we live through a tough time? How do we live through a very bad season and a very bad day? And the first words, and I invite you to read them with me, and they will be up on the screen for you, begins, Father, forgive them. Will you read these words together with me? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. The first thing to learn about how to live through a bad day is to forgive everyone who's trying to ruin your day. Forgive everyone who's trying to ruin your day. For some of us, that might create a little bit of humor in thinking through that. And, and yet, in all honesty, we're not really laughing when we think about there are actually people who are standing in the way, who have attempted at various times to ruin our day, ruin our lifetime, who have been an object of, of, of stumbling, uh, a, a brick wall, if you will, to try to stand between us and something else that we believe that God had for us or had in store for us. There have always been adversaries. And we don't wrestle with them in the sense of their flesh and blood. We recognize there's a spirit that's behind that. 
There's, there's a, a real devil who's trying to turn uh, your good days into bad days, trying to disrupt and destroy and take you off course in the, in the way that God would have you to go. But as long as I learn never to give in to that, I learn never to yield to the antagonism, the anger, the hate, the rejection, never to seek vengeance on my own, always to let go and to forgive. It changes my life and helps me to have a good day in the midst of a bad day. Jesus' first lesson to us from the cross is forgive everyone who's trying to ruin your life. Father, forgive them, for they don't understand what they're doing. And Jesus set the ultimate example for us on how to live through this difficult time and this bad day. The lamb is being viciously treated, but the Lord is still in control. I am here, he says, to forgive. To forgive those who injure me. To remove myself from their control. And to be unfettered by the anger or the retaliation or a grudge or whatever other thing may seek to attach itself to me. Forgive everyone who's ruining your day. And remember one thing. There may be those who you feel are standing in the way and ruining your day who have no idea. They have no idea. And yet, in our minds, the enemy would play it up as if they are purposely trying to accomplish something purposely trying to destroy our lives and we're invited by the example of Jesus to forgive them read the second one with me Luke chapter 23 verse 43 assuredly let's read it together assuredly I say to you today you will be with me in paradise One of the men on the cross is aware of the claims of Jesus, that he is the Son of God, that he is God. And you can hear the cynicism and the anger in his voice when he calls out to him and he he says, um, listen, if you're really who you say you are, you can take yourself down from that cross. You can bring us down as well. We can leave here these vicious people that are out to destroy us and, and, and to take our lives. We can, we can see them destroyed. If you're really who you say you are, rise up and destroy them. But there's another criminal that's on the cross and he calls across. They're speaking across the chest of Jesus. Jesus literally hanging, if you will, between life and death. And he says, don't you have any respect? This man doesn't deserve the kind of cynicism, punishment, bitterness that's been inflicted upon him. This man hasn't done anything. We're getting what we deserve. Justice has arrived and you and I are here justly. We have been judged. We did what they said we did and we are getting our just desserts. And then this thief changes his voice and he turns to Jesus and he says, Lord, can you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. The second rule of how to live through a bad day is encourage others. 
who are struggling and uncertain. This man was experiencing exactly the, the same kinds of things that Jesus was experiencing. Please capture this. Listen this morning. Jesus could have focused on his own problems. He had enough. He had more than enough. He certainly was suffering in a greater way than the two others. We understand he was nailed to that cross. He had been beaten in advance. But even through his pain and his agonies, Jesus remained other-focused, not only self-focused. He recognized that around him were people who had similar problems. They were going through the same struggles, the same difficulties. In our interchanges, we're going through this season of life and we go to the, the grocery store. We go to places that we need to go. We see our neighbors. Let us always remember that this struggle is real for every person. It's not just our personal struggle. And though we may be going through something greater in the sense of how we are facing this trial, maybe without a job or economic situations are turned down or maybe sicknesses or whatever, we are all experiencing levels of suffering. We are humankind. We are all together. And let us always remember that there are other people that are having it as tough as I am. The third thing, and I invite you to read it with me, the third saying of Jesus, let's read it aloud and together. Woman, behold your son, behold your mother. Woman, behold your son, behold your mother. The third key of how to live through a bad day is to be sure you take care of those that are near you. Be sure that you're taking care of those that are near you. These are the words of Jesus, and he's addressing uh, Mary, uh, John and putting the care of his mother into John, the only disciple that stayed at the foot of the cross. Others scattered. John is there. And Jesus is literally giving the care of his mother to John in these moments, hanging from the cross in agony and suffering. Third key to how to live through a bad day is to be sure you've taken care of those that are very near to you. The disciples had scattered. John is there. He's been close to Jesus the closest of the disciples from what we read through Scripture. And Jesus says, John, this is your mother. Mom, this is your son. Please take care of her. Watch over her. I no longer am able. Mary had an amazing life. It's unfortunate that there's been such a distortion in church history about who she is and what she represents. But Mary was never confused about who she was. She became a disciple of her own son. She recognized God in the flesh. And when you look at this passage of scripture, it's, it's, it's very noble in the least what Jesus is doing. And it's, it's very understandable. It's a mother's heart 
that she is there seeing her son through the agony and the torment on the cross. But she's always also seeing what you and I see, the suffering of her Savior, her Lord. That's meaningful and it's emotional when we think about it, just from the maternal aspects, but also seeing what happens from the perspective of her Lord and her Savior. Jesus surrounded by the turmoil and the swirling events that are taking place around him. Jesus' concern is about his mother and her care and her plight going forward. And these were very different times in which Jesus lived. No social security, no security net of any kind. And Jesus knew that it was important that there be someone to care for his mother and to watch over. Be sure you've taken care of those that are near to you, even though you're going through some difficulty and some suffering. Take time to look around you at your children, look at your spouse, look at your grandparents, look at those that have been placed around you, your church family. Lift one another up. We've been encouraging you to connect, to stay connected, so that you know that they're being cared for and they're being taken care of. Let's go to the fourth saying Jesus said. Would you read it with me aloud and loudly? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The fourth principle is this. Aim your hard questions at God, not at man. This is perhaps the most dramatic word that comes from Calvary. And it's so important that we understand that there are questions that man cannot answer and questions that only God can answer. And I'm not saying that God will give you a specific answer. Many times God has given me specific answers for situations and circumstances in which I was puzzled, didn't understand what was going on. Sometimes later on, as I looked back, I saw the reason why that that was needful, that time of suffering, that difficulty, that challenge. But more than anything else, when we invite God to come and we ask Him those questions, we receive what He wants us to have in the first place, which is His presence is more important than His answer. To know the assurance of God and that His presence is with you is far more valuable than having an answer that you think that you could get your mind around as a human being to understand what God is doing worldwide. I can remember years ago, I was only about five or six years old. My family had taken us to Disneyland. And uh, we were in a store shopping and, you know, I got lost. I got separated from my family and the panic and the anxiety of what was going on, thinking I might never see them again. For me, it was like a sea of people in that store and uh, could not locate too short to look over the top of people, could not locate my mom or my dad or my brother. And so I'm wandering through that store, and I'm sure the panicked look was on my face as I was trying to find my way through. And suddenly from behind me, these strong arms lifted me up. It was my dad. He picked me up and grabbed me and carried me out to the front where the rest of the family was. In that moment, I didn't really need an answer. I needed the assurance that my dad was there 
And God comes and his presence comes and brings an assurance that he is there in the midst of our storms, in the midst of our trials and difficulties. What does it mean to worship God in spirit and in truth? When we take our challenging questions, we bring to God honesty, our authenticism, and all of you. We're authentic with God. All of us is there. We're honest with God. There, there is a sense of like, God, I, I really don't, I can't get my mind around this. Maybe even if you explained it to me, it'd be like studying an algebra class and I, I still wouldn't get the formula. But God, I just need your presence. I need you, I need to know that you're with me every step of the way and that you're going to see us through the adversities, challenges, and difficulties. God specializes in broken hearts. And if your heart is broken, if it's wounded, God specializes in bringing healing. The fifth word, just two words actually, read out loud, loudly with me. I thirst. And in this one, we learn that we should let your need be known. Let your need be known. Ask for help. God wants to hear from you. I'm always amazed as a pastor at how people will carry private secrets, leave their suffering along. And many, many times over the years, I find out that a couple is having trouble with their marriage after they've already made life-changing decisions. They've separated, they've already filed divorce papers, all kinds of other things. There are challenges and difficulties that people carry secretly with them, privately with them, and, and do not uh, talk about, do not uh, try to seek help for. And, and we learn from this that when we're going through something difficult, a, a bad season, a difficult time, we need to ask for help. We need to ask first. We need to ask God for help. He wants to hear from you. But we also need to ask our church family. We need to be willing to, to be a little vulnerable with one another and cry out for help when we need it and ask for help. God wants to help you. Your church family wants to help you. They love you. They care about you. They want to be a part of the, this, this solution. We have to get to a place where we resist pride. We resist pride. Pride always comes before our fall. And God invites us to, to, to dispense with that, to get rid of pride. And in this uh, saying from the cross, Jesus says, call out for your need. What do you need? Let it be known so that others can help you. The sixth statement, and I want us to read it together again aloud and loudly with me, please. Three words. It is finished. It is finished. What's interesting about this statement, I think, as I look at it more than anything else, is it's a, it's a statement of faith from the cross. Because he's going to die in just a moment. It's a statement of faith that everything has been fulfilled it's a statement of faith that doesn't see victory yet, but lays hold of that victory by faith. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus leading us in an exercise of faith, calling what is not what it is before it is. Yeah. Because God has said, and since God said and, and it's been prophesied, I can, I can declare it is 
finished. There's going to come an end to the suffering. There's going to come an end to what's going on. It is going to finish and God is going to be glorified and we're going to rejoice in him. It's born of a conviction that there's purpose and an end. There's a purpose in what God's doing and there's an end to it. It doesn't go on forever. The way that to live through bad days is to become gripped with the conviction that all bad days end in the glory of God. All bad days end in glorifying God. The seventh word, I want you to read aloud and loudly with me. Into your hands I commit my spirit. I'm going to invite our worship team to get ready to come back. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Finally, surrender your day to God and let it go. Michelle and I were involved pretty heavily many, many years ago in a 12-step program, helping people uh, recover from various kinds of things that had gone on. Some drug addiction, some uh, it just had bad, bad um, upbringings and, and uh, you know, terrible things that happened in their life, early in their life, that had set them on a course that was very destructive for them. And and uh, we were engaged in these 12-step programs, and I, I often remember that, you know, the first three steps, we, we would just simplify by saying, step number one, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Step number two, he can. But step number three was so crucial because it is, it is the salvation step. It's where we would teach them, I think I'll let him. I think I'll let him. I can't, he can, I think I will let him. I think I will let go of all that I've been holding on to. I think I will release everything that I've been trying to fix. I think I will let go of the anxiety. I think I will let go of, the, uh, of all the fear. I think I will let go of everything that has been holding me and, and, and surrounding me and crushing me. And I think I will let it all go because I can't make it happen. But I know He can. I know He can bring it to pass. The way to go through a bad day is to get your day as quickly as possible into the hands of the living God. Get your season, your difficult season, your challenge into the hands of God. There is nothing good that can come of us trying to make it happen on our own. But when we surrender it to God, we get a lot of clarity. We get a lot of clarity. We give him the impossible because nothing is impossible with him. And he helps us understand the possible that we can do, the steps we can make that will lead us to glorifying him and into the better season that God's trying to bring us into. What a good God we serve, how much he loves you and cares about you. And I want to pray with you right now. There are some that are facing this day and, and it's been overwhelming. Depression, there was a prophecy earlier and I believe that. Thank you for being used of the Lord Kendall, that there are some that are facing depression. You've thought about taking your life, ending your life. You thought about exiting, a quick exit. And maybe that would be better. And I know there are all kinds of, you know, anxious feelings and things that are going on in people's lives. 
What I want to encourage you to do today is to try something different. Take this bad day and put it in the hands of God. Surrender your day to him and let it go. And I want to pray with you. And as I pray with you, I want to invite you to do just that. Lift your hands in a sign of surrender. In the Old West, you know, they would lift their hands up, you know, to show they were surrendering. Or armies that were overtaken would wave the white flag and men would surrender. Lifting their hands, they're not, they don't have any weapons in them. They're not trying to do anything on their own, but they're surrendering. So I want you to lift your hands and surrender your day. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. We surrender this day to you. It belongs to you. You're a great God. There's nothing that's impossible with you. There's nothing too big for you. There's nothing too great for you. I invite you, Lord, to come and to fill the room with your presence, Lord, where our people are today in their living rooms, Lord. Father, in, in their bedrooms, we're in their kitchen, wherever they are watching today, that, that you would just come, Lord. Some driving, maybe in the car, watching on phone. Well, however it is, God, that they're viewing this, that you're going uh, to come and fill that place, Lord, with your presence. You're going to strengthen them and encourage them, Lord. There is nothing too great for you. What a great God you are. Lord, no problem too big for you. No situation too great. Financial situations, Lord, are, are you're able to help, Lord. Lord, those who are suffering loss, Lord, loss of life because of the virus and other things that are taking place around us. God, you are big. You're able to come into comfort. Send your Holy Spirit. And we surrender our day to you. We give ourselves wholly to you. Just take time to worship him as our worship team leads you in this song.